Welcome to Wrestling Goons Radio, the podcast from the IWC for the IWC, and this is Between the Sheets, the weekend review for May the 15th, 2016. I got Brian Cotton and a Mark for me today. I'm Anthony Hammett. We got a lot of rumors to get into. Stay tuned for that. First, I want to thank everybody for listening to us on Max Sports Channel at Power Station FM. If you're online, you can catch us at wrestlinggoonsradio.blogspot.com. Check out all of our social media, and while you're at it, go to iTunes and give us a like and subscribe. We really need uh, your help on iTunes. We would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening sticking with us. We also want to mention the Team Willpower event that happened this past Friday night in Harrison County. We were able to work that last year. We were unable to get out there this year, but the, the turnout was amazing. Everything Mark Grayson does for the Harrison County Special Olympics and this event for his son that passed away is truly remarkable. I encourage everybody in the, in the Georgia area, go out there and support this thing and go out and support charity because it really is making a big difference in the world and pro wrestling is what is making it happen. I want to welcome Ryan and Mark to the show. First, we're going to talk about thing today is the Bullet Club and the WWE. Now, there's been a lot of debate over how they've been booked as, quote, the club. I don't really know if they felt like they should have been together and to begin with, and things just kind of wrote themselves that way. And I just feel a lot of confusion going on with this storyline. Brian, welcome to the show. What are your thoughts on the debut of the club and what they've been doing since they've been together? Yeah, there's been some speculation with the with the club, with possible, you know, ter- you know, turnings on AJ Styles from, I guess we're calling them the Good Brothers. Still, I'm not sure. There's some more confusion right there, but I'm glad personally that they didn't do that. You know, I think it would have hurt the story more if they would have turned on AJ Styles. So you're probably right. This is probably something that got rewritten when they realized that maybe Reigns wasn't getting the reaction they wanted from him. So you don't see them turning on Styles anymore? I'm not saying that they won't. You know, there's some other rumors that are going to be got, uh, we're going to talk about later in the show about some people coming up to next. the main roster. But yep. when that happens, it may be the, the right time to do it. But I personally think that they shouldn't turn on them. I think that it would be interesting to see those two men under the Bullet Club label at the same time because they never have before. Mark, what is your thoughts on the, the club and uh, their initial run here in WWE? Do you think it's been a success or what can be done different? Having Roman Reigns take out all three members on week after week basis is... Definitely not what's best for business. I mean, I understand, like, AJ's sense of, oh, maybe I shouldn't hit him with a steel chair. I'm the quote-unquote good guy. He's supposed to be the bad guy. He's the man of the company that's that kept me from achieving my dream of wrestling at WrestleMania, yada, yada, yada. But at the same time, you just debuted two individuals who took out the Usos and other tag teams at live events and other superstars. 
yet as soon as they face one person that they somehow can't get the upper hand no matter what uh, it i mean unless they're attacking him from behind or some other type of shenanigans so maybe what the club for um, the WWE needs is a new sense of aggression and what better way than its original founder to come in and be like, look, you, you've completely crapped on what I was trying to accomplish with this. As far as the newfound aggression, I feel like they did a good job. And one of the few things they did in storytelling was when you mentioned AJ with the chair, now he didn't hit Roman Reigns. He refused to do it. And then he got laid out by the Usos. And after that, he saw the promo this week. AJ was pretty furious, and he was like, that will never happen again, and the next time I have a chair in my hand, I'm swinging. So I feel like that kind of is what's going to give AJ that little turn to me more hillish, which is what they need, because unfortunately, when, here's my thoughts on this bullet clip thing. You don't debut them and put them in a feud with Roman Reigns, because that's the equivalent of debuting the White family and putting them in a feud with John Cena. You're not winning. You're going to get buried. So the smart thing would have been to have them in no feud and just run rough shot throughout the roster. And then when Roman, the good guy, had had enough, then that could have been what saved the day. Brian, any final thoughts before we move on? I agree with both of what y'all were saying. I do like the idea of AJ Styles not getting it done in the club. And then up comes Finn Balor. You know, hey, you're not doing the job, AJ. We need the leader we had at, you know, at the very beginning who started all this, and then they take him out. It's a nice little feud between Finn and, and AJ. But you know, I also agree with you. They put them in front of Roman Reigns way too quickly. I mean, they, they should have dominated all of their matches, and so far I haven't seen a really dominating match yet. Yeah, no, they really haven't. Mark, what is your final thoughts on the Bullet Club before we move on? Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. They should have kept them away. Um, I mean, we could have had a face-off, kind of like the Wyatts and the Shield. Whenever they finally went face-to-face, they were already two dominant teams. But obviously they wanted to hurry up and tell this story to maybe get Roman into a feud with someone who's returning. I, I don't really know, but... Yeah, it was just way too soon of booking. And normally most people enjoy the quick booking and get it get it here and show me what you got and then get it done and so we can get something new. But this time, they, they should have stretched it out for a lot longer. Yeah, completely agree on that. Speaking of Finn Balor. Luke, yeah, go ahead, Mark. I was going to say, Luke Gallows never needs to wear those pants ever again. He needs <laughs> to go back to shorts. That's no all more, I'm saying. No more blue jeans. I couldn't get past those pants, man. I hear you. Awful. Alright, so speaking of the Bullet Club, we're going to hop right on into Finn Balor and his possible call-up. Rumors are circulating about when that can be. I have heard two more weeks, so the following night after Extreme Rules, that actually makes the most sense to me. But Brian has also heard that he'll be getting a possible rematch for the NXT title in Japan with Samoa Joe. Brian, before we get into the main roster call-up, I got a question for you. Now, you have been adamant that the Demon cannot lose. Um, 
He's gonna be the demon in Japan, right? And I don't see him beating Samoa Joe when he's about to come to the main roster. Yeah, I mean, he. It depends if he's coming to the main roster. I mean, at this point, he's supposedly was gonna join the main roster after a takeover in Dallas, anyone, but he was a demon. He went against Samoa at a live show as. Finn Balor, not the demon, and he lost the title. So at this point, NXT is doing a little bit more of a better job at unpredictability than the main roster. So anything could really happen. I, I who knows? I, I would still see them uh, going for the title in Japan, though. Which is crazy. They're able to tape all their episodes one at a time, and they're unpredictable. And we already have the results, but Raw is not. And live, and we're like, God, this puts me to sleep every single week. Mark, what were your thoughts on Ben Balor's possible call-up and maybe going to Japan to fight Samoa Joe in his rematch? Well, the Samoa Joe rematch, if he is the demon, then the demon's probably going to cost him. Because normally, whenever he's the demon... He just beats the crap out of someone until he wins. But with kind of like their story of him barely surviving each time, maybe the demon's had enough and just goes ham and gets disqualified. I mean, I don't know. There's so many many ways that they could end that that would still make Finn look really strong as the demon, but still keep the belt on Samoa Joe. Hell, I mean, maybe the club comes in and cost the demon the title, but they still end up on top of Joe and beating Joe out down into submission. I don't, I don't really know. Which could lead to a feud later on down the road in WWE. But as far as the rumors go of whenever he's going to join, at this point, I, I have no clue. Um, I know that they said that they wanted to freshen up the roster. So I take it that that means that he's probably coming sooner rather than later. How soon? I don't know. Brian, you had something you wanted to add? I, I just I have an answer for how the demon you know, would still win over Samoa Joe if there was no disqualification. Say it was a gimmick match, probably a cage match. Correct me if I'm wrong, that would be the first one in NXT. But that would be... Yeah, no, it would. That would be a pretty awesome way to culminate their feud, you know, at Japan in a hell... uh, Not Hell in a Cell, but a uh, cage match. I don't really understand why we still have cage matches when we have a Hell in a Cell. Um, it's like, you know, this match is going to be great, but you don't need a roof for this one. So. Well, it, it would be mainly just for the, the concept that no one can leave. So someone's going to have to either be beaten to death or, you know, escape the cage. And I think that's my problem with it. You said nobody can leave. All you got to do is just climb over the top and you're so. Yeah, but, but you got to be able to get over the top. But, but then at the same time, you have the opportunity for Finn Balor to hit the coup de gras off the top of the cage, which would be amazing. 
Mark, are you a fan of cage matches? I mean, I don't have a problem with them. Uh, I mean, it adds a little bit different of a dynamic, and you still have multiple ways to win the match. So, I mean, it's not ideal for a long-term feud that's culminated with outside interference or something, some shenanigans, because shenanigans can still happen in a cage. But it is a way to add a little bit different dynamic to just a one-on-one match. I mean, we've come a long way from Brett Owen Hart, because that was the last, like, real cage match that really had me enthralled. So, that's right, I thought a Bret Hart match had me enthralled. But, to his credit, Owen Hart was the reason why. So, I'm just saying. Uh, I'll never give Bret Hart full of credit on the show. It'll never happen. Now we're going to move on to the WWE releases, man, on Black Friday. Holy crap. Speaking of freshening up the roster... Alright, I'm going to put you on the spot, Bart. Let's see how many we can name. How many people lost their job on Black Friday? So, El Torito, Hornswoggle, um, Damien Sandow. Damien Sandow. I was going to save him for last, but you know. I don't, I don't um, know if Brooklyn Brawler did, but he lost his. I don't yeah, know if it was yeah. on Friday. Yeah, I don't think yeah, I, he, he, he Yeah, gone. it wasn't that day. Uh, Zeb Coulter. Um, let's see. Any other workers? Cameron? Yeah, that doesn't count. What? She was a worker? Uh, yeah. Anyway, that doesn't count. Who else? Girl by. Yeah, really. Girl by. So pretty much, let's talk about Sandow, saying how he's the one that's relevant. Sandow is on a thank you tour, and it looks like this could be the end of Damian Sandow as a wrestler. He wrote a really, really touching tribute on WrestlingRumors.com that I saw the other day where he said that he, him having the fans shit his name was better than any title he could have ever won in WWE. I'm glad the guy got over. I'm sad that his WWE career is over. Apparently it ended on good terms where they just said they wanted to freshen the roster and whenever the time comes that he would have a job again. But it seems like Sandow is going to be content with acting as far as Black Friday goes, I'll start with Mark. What was your thoughts on everybody? Any? Is there anybody that is going to make a name for themselves after all this? Well, I've got some bad news that we for also forgot about Wade Barrett. But Wade Barrett has the potential to make a name outside of the WWE easily. Yeah, he's going so to Hollywood too, though. So. I mean, so does Damian Sandow, but... Oh, Wade's actually not going to wrestle? Yeah, no, Wade's done. Wade's going to Hollywood. Well, that sucks. I wanted him and Drew McIntyre to team up. I'm sorry, sir. So Hollywood Barrett? Hollywood Barrett, wow. Hell yeah. Okay, so pretty much that just shot that down. Everybody's little balloon just popped. We're going to move to the Adam Rose situation. I don't even know where to start with this. Um... Brian, do you know any updates on this Adam Rose deal? What did he do? He's been all over Twitter trying to save his job, and now he's been arrested. So, I I try not to do the click and bait stuff, which is everywhere, especially regarding him. All I know is that he's alleged domestic assault, and that his wife has pleaded for the police or the judge not to. Uh, to arrest him 
Yeah, I didn't say that. I mean, or not to arrest him, but to give him, like, some kind of sentence. Yeah, house arrest or something. Uh, Mark, do you know anything about why he lost his job in WWE initially, or why he was suspended? Um, probably some kind of well, uh, from, from what I heard, it was a wellness policy. Um, not an illegal drug. It was apparently something that he was doctor prescribed him for some kind of ongoing, um, like injury or like prolonged injury or whatnot. I heard it was Adderall. Adderall. Wow. So yeah, he, he actually tweeted out the doctor's note that the doctor wrote the WWE kind of like if you were in school and you needed doctor slip for something, he actually had the doctor write out a note to WWE and that just, that didn't help matters any with WWE. Well, that would mean statement if, if in fact it's Adderall, as Ron said. Adderall is a treat ADHD. Wouldn't you want your performer to be in top, top shape? Because if he's not taking his meds, ADHD will kick in and he will have a bad performance. Yeah, but they may it's, have something in their contracts. Where it's also an Ah, crap. And it, it could be based like as an stimulant, too, and it could be something that could alter your mood. That's probably not something they want their superstars to take. I, I get that, but at the same time, that's a disorder. So, I, I I guess that just comes with the territory. Like if you're gonna work in WWE, you're gonna have to not be able to do those things. Uh, wow, that's crazy. Somebody who also got nailed for the wellness policy, I think. I don't know it wasn't the wellness policy. It was him just going off randomly raining, and he lost his job because of it. Robert, uh, pretty much done with WWE after all of his rants recently. This has been a long time coming, I feel like, of Ryback being frustrated. Me and Brian have differing opinions, so I'll go to Mark first and see where he stands. Mark, Brian is under the assumption that Ryback's rant was not correct and that losers do not deserve to make some kind of decent pay compared to winners. What are your thoughts on the matter? I mean, don't don't you sign a contract? So, I mean... If you're if you're don't feel well enough about your name and what you can bring to the table, and they lowball you and you just take it, it's kind of on you. Um, I mean, yes, you can go out there even in the losing effort, as we know some people do, and still steal the show every single night. Don't even say Dolph Ziggler. Don't say Dolph Ziggler. Uh, I wasn't saying Dolph Ziggler, the person who lost at WrestleMania a hell of a lot, but still was called Mr. WrestleMania. Um, So, I mean, you can still show out on a losing effort and force WWE's hand whenever your contract comes back up and you can say, hey, I've even losing, I still brought in this or that. I mean, there's other ways to get around your contract. I mean, it's it's not like a lifetime contract where you're going to be contracted as the loser every single night. But if you can get yourself over while doing that, you can re-up next time and get a better deal out of it. I think Ryback was more upset with not the actual base pay. It's the incentives and the bonuses that you can get along each week that aren't in your contract. And to his point... I. I'm not saying, I understand you signed the contract and that's what you're agreeing to make. I got it. 
Rob ain't talking about the philosophy behind it, though, about why winners are paying more than losers in a fake world where the loser is just as important as the winner to make it look good. Uh, Brian, I know you feel like I'm adamantly wrong, so tell me why. Well, first off, to agree with Mark, I know for like, I think this is the second time in the one show we've agreed, so it's kind of strange, but my opinion on the whole thing is you have Ryback who, like Mark said, signed the contract, base pay, this is what you're going to get. I get what you're saying, Anthony. He's probably upset over the fact that he gets paid less than the people that are winning. What I disagree with is that he feels he should be paid the same as the winner, regardless of talent, regardless of merchandise sales, regardless of the fact that he's the champ. Because every match that I've ever seen him in in the last, what, four or five months has been a championship match. And he's lost every single one of them. That's not WWE, though, man. That's not creative. That's on booking. So he needs to get pissed off at booking, not pissed off at WWE for not paying them what he thinks he should be paid. I mean, he's not CM Punk. He's not going to get paid CM Punk money. Stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> Apparently, that's where that came from, the CM Punk thing. Oh, I man. Mean, you you don't get paid as much as the winner who is a champion. Champions get paid more. That's not UFC, though, man. No, but it's, it's fact that champions get paid more. They get paid more in NXT. They get paid more in WWE. It's because they're champions. The incentive is right there to be champion because you get paid more. The incentive to get over is that you get paid more. I mean, the fact that he's not over is booking. It has nothing to do with the fact that, you know, he loses or wins. Go ahead, Mark. So does anyone even, like, do we even know, like, how much extra they get paid? No. I mean, like, is it is it $50 for a win versus, like, 25 for a loss? I mean, <laughs> like... I mean, I do understand that merchandise sales, like the top guys get a little bit more cut of their merch sales than the bottom tier. I mean, is he upset that he doesn't make the same merchandise sales as John Cena or Well, you can blame again. You can else? blame merchandise and marketing on that because Ryback's merchandise sucks. Well, actually, sir, each WWE superstar is the person who creates their merchandise. Oh, the Ryback had no creativity, so. Well, yeah, that that would well, be on Ryback. Ah. And so you got to keep in mind, you also have the person that he's more than likely comparing this to is Sin Cara, who's one half of the Lucha Dragons, who have been tag team champions. So, you've got different aspects involved in it as well. I mean. You can't expect much if you're going to lose on WrestleMania, unless you're AJ Styles. I don't think we're done or we've heard the last of the big guy. I think he's going to be over in Japan. I think he'll be over in Ring of Honor. Anywhere he goes, they're going to try to make him a star. TNA's probably looking at their shops right now. Especially when they see how much money he was making in WWE. They were like, wow, we could actually pay that guy this much. Holy crap. So, we'll see where Ryback goes from there. Ryback will probably work for food at this point. <laughs> That's a lot of food. I don't know if they can afford that. They might want to give me a cheap contract. Uh, Ring of Honor in New Japan has not let the Bullet Club go. They're going to keep trying to push it and build it up more. We have two new members. The two Adams, Adam Cole and Adam Page, are now in the Bullet Club. 
Along with the Gorillas of Destiny, who I like a lot with the Tonga Brothers. And we do have an injury. One of the Jackson boys are out, so thankfully they're in a faction, so it really won't matter that much. They can just do the gang warfare with just the one young buck. Um, Mark, I'll start with you. Do you like the idea that New Japan is just going to try to keep building this and separating it as a different entity from WWE's version of the club? Okay, so I like that they added a couple new members since they lost a couple of members. Don't try to add 15 members just because you lost three or four members. That That's not how this should work. Um, as far as separating themselves, it, it's quite hard to separate themselves from AJ Styles, Carl, and... Gallows and Finn Balor because, I mean, they're the originals. They're the people who put it on the map. Um, but in that said, they're doing a pretty good job of keeping the fans' interest even though the quote-unquote main guys have left. So kudos to New Japan especially because they're the ones who apparently wanted the... Adams to come on board, so I, I like the additions. Yeah, everybody knows how much I love Adam Cole, so I'm just really excited that he's going to be possibly, I don't know if he's going to be the leader or not, because Kenny Omega wasn't able to come to America, so I'm pretty sure Kenny's still the leader, wouldn't you think, Brian? Yes and no. I mean, it... it... It's open for interpreta- interpretation at this point because he is, you know, the leader of the elite. Whether or not he's the leader of the Bullet Club is in question, but it's easily, you know, fixed by having someone else be the leader at this point. So, you had Carl Anderson take over from Finn Balor before AJ, and a lot of people didn't even realize that. So, anything's possible. I'm definitely digging the direction that they're going with it, though. Are you a fan of Adam Page? To be honest, I am not. I don't know him as well as y'all do. Like, I don't watch ROH as much. But I've seen his matches, and as far as, you know, his character, I've seen him in the kingdom, and I think that... No, he was in the decade. Decade, was it? Okay, see? I already got him confused. Maybe I'm getting him confused with uh, Michael Bennett. Yeah, or Matt Taven. <laughs> <laughs> Either one. Or Adam was Cole. He, was he not? Because I thought that he was supposed to be in, in there, and then he turned on him at the end. No, no, no. He was all. He was in the decade, and he turned on Whitmer. Carino is the one that paid him off. Okay, so I need apparently brush up on the ROH, but yeah, I'm a little behind here. Thanks for the internet screwing us over. Yeah, but I mean, it it should do wonders for his career because now if he's part of New Japan Bullet Club, I mean, he's going to be doing some traveling probably so yeah i've heard that both of the adams are going to be working extensively in uh, japan for the for a while now yeah adam page i know nothing of i've i've seen him at the las vegas show roh had but that was it uh mark any final so, thoughts yeah so does it seem to anyone else that they're going to try to do the nwo versus nwo wolf pack with adam cole being the newest member in I mean, Adam Cole, let's let's face it, he was the leader of 
um, the other I, faction. I hanged them. Well, sir, the the kingdom left, and they took their spirit fingers and their hot chick to TNA. So, I mean, it, it wasn't called the kingdom at the end. So Adam Cole but was part of the kingdom. Adam Cole, yes. Not yeah, Adam not Page. Adam Page. Yeah, that's who I was talking about, Adam Cole. Okay, that's, yeah. I only I only know Adam Cole from the kingdom because he was part of Maria Kanellis and. I, yeah. Adam Cole's best work was before the kingdom. His whole one-year okay. feud with Jay Briscoe was insane. It, All right. I'll have to go back and YouTube that. Yeah, it was good stuff. So it's going to be the Elite versus the Bullet Club eventually, I think. Wow. So you think you can just see them splitting in half? I mean, those three those three people, yeah. I, I don't think that the cleaner is going to like Adam Cole trying to take his spotlight. Well, he's got to wait at least eight more months because one of the Jackson boys has to get back first, so. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't see it necessarily anytime soon. Maybe a year or so. All right, so with that being said, we got a bunch of people getting ready to come back for WWE. Bray Wyatt, John Cena, Seth Rollins, Randy Orton. They're all ready, but I've heard that we have to wait on the great Gloria John Cena to come first. I've heard that Seth Rollins might be at SummerSlam, which, if he's ready right now and you're waiting until freaking August to put him on TV, that's a fail to me. I don't even know what to say to that. Rob, before we get into Bray Wyatt, what are your thoughts on the other ones? I'm actually looking forward to Randy Orton coming back and whether or not that's going to happen. It's up for debate, I guess, but that's what I'm looking forward to. Definitely Seth Rollins. As far as waiting on John Cena to come back before any of the other ones come back, I think it's a load of crap. Personally, I think that if they wanted to really make it a big return, he would save or be saved till the end, but... What do I know about booking? We don't have to worry thing. about it long because he's going to be fighting Shinsuke Nakamura at that Hawaii show. And that could possibly be the last we ever see of John Cena. So, we're, Like I told you earlier, we're going to see Akumiye to the nose and get another broken nose. Shinsuke! Yeah, okay. Uh, Mark, your thoughts on who are you most excited about before we get into the Bray Wyatt stuff? Okay, so... I think that you're taking this everyone has to wait for John Cena thing a little bit too much to heart. What if John Cena returns at the middle or the beginning of a show and then at the very end we get the other ones? I mean, I'm just saying just because we have to wait on him doesn't mean that we have to wait like a few months oh, to get seems, one and then get another yada yada yada. That's even more of an insult when John's like, all right, everybody come back, but my segment goes on first. So. Well, then by the end of the night, whenever he tries to put himself in the main event, we'll see an RKO out of nowhere, and he's like, you're not just the face that runs the place. I am, or yada, yada, yada. Oh, we, can so rehash, we can rehash John Cena versus Randy Orton one more time just for old time's sake. If everybody did their finisher on John Cena to end the show, I'd be so happy. It would be like... Uh... At the end, was it the end of Raw? Back in like around 98? Yeah, Stone, that was Stone Cold stuff. came out and just stunned everybody. Good stuff. So, so I think that they should actually keep at least one or two of the people away till SummerSlam. 
just because the roster is so crowded right now, it's really hard to make each segment really, really important and keep everyone on the roster on TV somehow. Like, it, it's gotten way too crowded. So maybe more roster cuts are coming. I don't know. I haven't seen Jack Swagger in a year, maybe two. There are more because coming. I, 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 I don't watch Superstars or Main Event because the WWE Network doesn't have them on until a month later because of Hulu and something to do with England. Well, they're about to change that for Raw and SmackDown. So. Speaking of which, would y'all be willing to pay $40 a month for Hulu that airs SmackDown and Raw Live? $40? Yeah, $40. $40. $40, you get Raw and SmackDown Live. You no. get SmackDown Live again. No, I'm not willing to do that because I have Comcast. Okay. I'm taking into consideration the fact that there's other shows on there that I would watch. Marvin, have but, you paid $40 a month for a streaming service? 40 Hell no. I barely pay 15 for HBO. That is crazy. I, I'm I'm looking at it in a in a bigger picture, though. No, I mean, Network's offering twelve ninety nine to do it the next day. I'd rather yeah, watch I'm, it the next day and save $28. Yeah, but you have SmackDown being taped on Tuesdays, but it's being aired on Thursdays. And then we already know what's going to happen by Wednesday. Well, I don't, because I try not to watch read those sheets about what's going to happen. But I WWE posted on their own damn website. Yeah, I don't look at it. <laughs> I don't look at anything they got streaming because of that. Um, wow. $40. Like, I... Oh, man. Yeah, I'm just, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, you know what I mean? You're not worth $40 a month to me. Go, go get a sling box. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Speaking of Bray Wyatt, he's one bit off TV for a while, along with Luke Harper. Brian, I know you're a huge fan, and this, I feel like that maybe they had to take him off because the direction was going to be Bray and Roman, and they had to make a left turn. So it's kind of the same reason that Seth Rollins is back right now, for the simple fact that when they come back, Roman is the only place they can go. And right now, I don't feel like there's a spot open for Roman to have other people involved. Uh, I would agree. I mean, I, my main thing with Bray being off TV is the fact that they've kept the entire family off. And my question is, do y'all feel like that was the right move on WWE's booking, you know, to keep all of them off TV? Because I feel like Bro, you know, Braun Strowman wouldn't have gotten over on his own. And with Bray turning baby, baby face, that was going to help Strowman's momentum. So I think it was smart keeping them all off. So now they can all return at the same time. And it would be a bigger return. Mark, what's your thoughts? Yeah, keeping them all off TV was probably best. Um, when they return, whomever they go after... It's, it needs to be something dominant. They need to start that dominance that they once had at the very beginning again. I mean, this is the same team that went 3-1 and one against the Shield, who has now all been in major title feuds and major title runs. So 
they need to come back, assert some dominance. Maybe we get a Bullet Club versus the fam, the Wyatt family. Maybe the family versus the Wyatt family. I don't know. Something, something major needs to happen. I just want them to go back to the compound vignettes. I keep saying that on every episode. But if they would take something from Lucha Underground and make Bray Wyatt's promos feel like a movie, it would get him over so much more. Like him, yeah, that's that's what got him over in the first place was right. all his vignettes, and they stopped doing it. Like, oh, it wasn't working or something. But you can take that to a whole new level. Like, if you made it into, like, a movie feel for that two minutes and a half or whenever he's on, man, I'm telling you, like, the, uh, the potential is the limit. Know what I mean? Go back to doing vignettes for Bray Wyatt, please. It's not hard. Don't do any more of that behind, back in the back with the dark light and shit. I hate that. It's so stupid. It'd be like the uh, trailer for what's about to happen. That would be sweet. That's kind of what Lucha Underground does, but we're going to end the show with our final topic of something that blew the internet up last week. Down at Evolve, which James Sapolsky has, apparently he is trying to create a WWE versus TNA feud in his storyline. Now, the reason it's working is because they're not calling themselves defenders of each company. They're just two guys that work for the company passing through. EC3 shot on Hunter and WWE for like a good 11 or 12 minutes. Apparently Hunter had signed up on this, which, why would he not? Um, and there was going to be a loss in their coming if he didn't. I was thoroughly entertained by this, and I'm hoping that this isn't just a one and done, where he just does a shit like they need to do something with this and evolve. And if the WWE Network is smart, they would find a way to air it on their network. Mark, what were your thoughts on Instinct uh, 3 shooting on Triple H? Uh, I thought it was great. Um, the, the, the fallout is apparently going to be uh, they're setting up a tag team match as well as a couple singles matches between Gargano and TJP and... Uh, EC3 and Drew Galloway or McIntyre, whatever he calls himself nowadays. I think Evolve should continue running this storyline and just keep adding more talent that's quasi-WWE and semi-NXT because they're allowed to work independently. But I'm assuming since they gave EY the opportunity to work independence. Maybe that's where Triple H is wanting to lead this because TJP, formerly Manic, is going to be in the Global Cruiserweight Tournament with WWE. So maybe they're going to start this whole feud down at Evolve, and I'd like to see it pay off maybe in an NXT ring. Maybe even they could do a joint promotion between NXT and TNA. Obviously, we don't mention TNA's actual name on the network, but just have the wrestlers actually come and work a pay-per-view against NXT, that would be amazing. Yeah, I'm definitely down for that. Bro, I want to hear uh, thoughts on Instinct 3 shooting on Triple H. I have recently put a lot of thought into this, probably more than I should, but there's some interesting dynamics to this whole thing. If you look at the fact that TNA and WWE both have working relationships with Evolve, you have EC3... Drew Galloway, 
both shooting on Triple H and WWE, NXT. They take out an NXT guy saying that he sold out. And then you have the dynamic of the Bullet Club, both the club and WWE, the Bullet Club and ROH, New Japan. And even though ROH is not involved, you have Adam Cole, who is now in the Bullet Club, who has a history. This little bit I do know of Adam Cole has a history with EC3 and uh, I'm not EC3, not an EC3. He uh, has a history with Michael Bennett, Michael Bennett, who ended the streak, I believe, of EC3 and has history with Drew Galloway. So you have all these dynamics of the Bullet Club and TNA, NXT. They have so much potential for a working relationship between all three of these companies that it's insane. I mean, there's there's so many invasion angles that they could go with, or just just the fact that you might have Adam Cole, who is a Bullet Club member of New Japan and ROH, at an Evolve show wearing a Bullet Club shirt at the same time. Any you got co- NXT and WWE guys there as well. Any company in the world should want to have a working relationship with WWE. Like, if they don't want that, then they're stupid. That's, that's my thoughts on it. Uh, well, it, go, go talk to Lucha Underground. Yeah, well, they're, they're, they're not a wrestling company, so it's totally different. They're, they're a movie company, so. Oh, God. Uh, Mark, final thoughts? Uh, anything we didn't cover or anything you want to get out there before we close the show? Speaking of Lucha Underground, that no moss match between those two women was something brutal, and it was, it was pretty epic. Very great match. Um, showed what women are capable of, and they went just as far as probably any man would have. But speaking of a relationship, working relationship between the three, I believe that the only way to do that would be either at an Evolve or some other like even smaller promotion. Um, we probably won't get to see it on TV ever. We'd probably have to go buy a DVD or find it on the internet. <clears throat> but, you know, I would like to see it culminate in at least a major event. Um, either the a pay-per-view against all three of them. I know WCW did a pay-per-view, used to do pay-per-views with New Japan, um, et cetera, et cetera. We need to see all three companies represented in a pay-per-view against each other, kind of like the WCW, ECW, and WWE pay-per-views that we had that one time or whatever. Brian, final thoughts on anything you want to get on the show before we end it? I'm just looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. I'm looking forward to the the Cruiserweight tournament. Um, I've tried to keep up with some of the qualifying matches. I'm looking forward to seeing Zack Sabre Jr. and Will Ospreay. Two two people to definitely look out for in the future. Really interesting that Ospreay was able to work in New Japan and the show. So I'm pretty pumped about that. Uh, I got no final thoughts. I was, once again, I want to thank that Team Willpower event on Friday at the Harrison County Special Olympics in Barkden. Amazing work. Once again, if you can donate anything to Harrison County Special Olympics, it's not too late. If you weren't able to make the show, you can still make a difference. And thank you so much to Independent Wrestling for doing what they do. 
want to thank everybody listening to us on Max Sports Channel at Power Station FM. I'm here online. You can catch us at wrestlingoonsradio.blogspot.com. Check out all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Google+, and find us on iTunes and Stitcher. We would definitely appreciate a like and subscribe. My name is Anthony Hammett. I was Wrestling Goons Radio, the podcast from the IWC for the IWC, for Brian Compton and for Mark Pitts. We will see you. We will see you.